So Philippians chapter number 4, verse number 13, um, and we will read just that one verse. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Let's read that together one more time. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me me. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord God, for everything that you have done thus far. Now, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will move upon every man, woman, boy, and girl. Touch us, Lord, that we will leave out of here better than what we walked in here. God, I pray, Lord, because this is your church. These are your people. We are your sheep, and I am your vessel. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. You ready to receive the word? Well, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I can do all things, but it's through Jesus Christ. He is the one that gives me the strength to do all things. You know, I have taught on what is known as the five-fold ministry before. I do not plan on teaching on this today, but I do want to highlight the text for those that do not know or whom have never heard of the five-fold ministry, just to help build a little bit of foundation of where I would like to go this morning. Ephesians chapter number four, starting at verse number 11. The Bible says, and he gave some apostles. There's one, and he gave some prophets. There's two. He gave some evangelists. There's three, and some pastors and teachers. So that is what is known as the five-fold ministry. Now, the Bible lets us know why he gave us these five particular ministries. So if we continue to read and follow along, it says, it's for the perfecting of the saints or the maturing of the saints. It is for the work of the ministry. It continues to say for the edifying of the body of Christ. So that is the purpose of those five ministries. It is to perfect or mature work of the ministry and to edify the body of Christ. It says here in verse number 13, because it continues on, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. It is important that these ministries are working and in our in operation for us to be unified as a body, also for us to understand who Jesus is. The Bible says unto a perfect man or unto a mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why is this important? Well, verse number 14 explains why this is so important. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, that we get tossed back and forth and carried about with every wind of doctrine. So the scripture verse is letting us know that there are other doctrines that are out there, but there's only one true doctrine. And how many know that that doctrine is in Christ Jesus. But we cannot be tossed to and fro or back and forth saying, well, is this true or is this true or is this right? So therefore, he gave us ministry. He gave us help in order to sustain us and keep us grounded in the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Because there are, the Bible says, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait looking what they're wanting to do, to deceive. The fivefold ministry is to help us endure until the end. It is for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, and the edifying of the body. If we are going to be a kingdom church, we must have all of these ministries active in this local body. That's why I want to speak today kingdom over culture. Kingdom over culture. If we're going to be a kingdom church, we must have all of these ministries in this local
so, so, so let's continue. among you seven men of honest report. They must be full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom whom we may appoint over someone say this business. Now there's some business to be taken care of but these men that we must appoint to this business must have the Holy Ghost and they must have wisdom. Now this is important because there are a lot of people that have good wisdom but they're not led by the spirit. And then there are people that are filled with the spirit but they have no wisdom at all. Matter of fact, you question if they even have the spirit. But the Bible lets us know that the way they handled this situation was they must be full of the spirit and they need some sense up here as well. Some all say amen to that. So they were full of Holy Ghost and they had wisdom. And the Bible lets us know uh, that they chose Stephen. Stephen was one of them. And the scripture lets us know in verse number four, so that they continued in prayer and ministry of the word. Verse five says that they chose Stephen. He was a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. So the scripture lets us know that they chose Stephen and they chose six others that are in that scripture as well. Verse number six says, whom they, they set the seven of them before the apostles, and when they had prayed and laid their hands on them, the scripture says the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied. So when they had an issue, they didn't say, well, let me think what I should do. They said, no, let's find people that have the Holy Ghost. Let's find people that have wisdom. But before we send them out, let's lay hands upon them let's pray and ask God's blessings upon the situation this is important because many of us when we make decisions in our life we don't go to the word or we don't take time to pray and say let me see what the Lord is saying right now before I make a decision anytime you're going to make a decision in life or make a change in your life you should seek for prayer you should seek for wisdom and you should seek the instruction of the Bible if Jesus is going to be the head of your life Remember, we're talking about the body of Christ. In many places, many churches, and many individuals consider themselves part of the body, but I want to know who is your head. Because if you're making your own decisions, then you cannot be a part of the body of Christ. But if you're part of the body of Christ, then I'm going to look to Jesus and say, Lord, I need your direction and I need your help. The Bible says that Stephen was full of faith and he was full of the Holy Ghost. In verse number eight, the Bible says in Stephen, full of faith and power. Look what happened. He did great wonders and miracles among the people. I want to speak this right now into someone's life, into someone's situation, that God has gifted you to do great wonders and great works in the kingdom of God. It does not have to come from the preacher or the man of God. I'm telling you, if you have faith and you're full of the Holy Ghost, then things can take place in your life that are great miracles and great wonders in your life. Notice. Because they had a situation going on, that situation did not affect the kingdom. So they did not allow the culture to affect the kingdom. The culture should never affect the kingdom. The kingdom will always prevail over the culture. Church has always been this way and it will continue to be this way. It will continue to be that way if we keep the king and the kingdom first in our life. SCC, Star City Church, we will be a kingdom church. I'm going to say that one 
one more time. We will be a kingdom church. What does that mean, preacher? That means that we will be a conduit that connects you to King Jesus and that helps you enter into the king of glory, the king of heaven, or into the kingdom of God. We will not be a church that says, come join my church just so you can be a part of SCC, just so Pastor Robinson can get glory. That is not the type of church this is, and I will never be that preacher by the help of the Lord. But I want Jesus to be glorified in this place. I want Jesus to be magnified in my life. Matter of fact, Jesus should be magnified every time we come to church. We should lift up the name of Jesus. We should exalt the name of Jesus because I did not wake you up this morning. King Jesus did. I didn't give you breath in your body. King Jesus did. I did not supply food on your table. King Jesus did. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord because we know who the king is. Amen. Amen. So we will be a kingdom church. We will keep Jesus at the center of it all, and we will always push towards the kingdom of God. Because I have said before, I will say this again, that just because someone is a member of a church, doesn't matter what church it is, that doesn't mean you're a part of the kingdom of God. The church should help you to become a member of the kingdom of God. That is the ultimate membership. Membership into the kingdom of God. That is it. It's membership into the kingdom of God. Because I believe that is what the Spirit is saying to the church. I say that again. I believe that is what the Spirit is saying unto the church. That's why I believe that God is speaking to me and speaking to this church. What we're going to be focusing on is the king and the kingdom. What that means is, is that our midweek services, every Wednesday night, starting at 7 o'clock, we go from 7 to 8 p.m., we will be focusing on kingdom principles. And these kingdom principles will help us to grow in wisdom and in favor with God and with man. I believe that is the will of God, for you to grow in wisdom and in favor in him and with mankind. And we're going to be focusing on certain principles that will help you develop in the kingdom of God. And so it's important that every Sunday morning we will be focusing on kingdom mindsets. Kingdom mindsets, power, and authority. Because we must be a church that is focused on King Jesus and the kingdom of God. If you are not someone that wants King Jesus in your life and then the kingdom of heaven is not your purpose, then this is the wrong church, I'm telling you, because every time you come here, I'm going to talk about King Jesus, and I'm going to talk about the kingdom of heaven, because that's what it's all about. We come here to exalt the name of Jesus, because I know that he is the one that's able to do all things in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. Because it's kingdom over culture. See, the Bible speaks of one named Nebuchadnezzar. He was a king of Babylon who reigned over God's people for 70 years, according to the book of Jeremiah. He created this large statue of himself in the midst of the city, and when he commanded the music to be played, all in the city, all those that were into city, in the city were to fall down and worship the image. But the Bible says that there were three young boys. Some say uh, they were anywhere from 16 on up to possibly 21 years of age, but most likely uh, they would have been called what we consider teenagers. Why I say we consider teenagers is because teenager is actually not in the Bible. Uh-huh. That is a culture word. That is not a kingdom word. We say teenagers, but teenager is actually not in the book. And so, therefore, can I stay on this subject for at least 30 more seconds? So, therefore, we put our teenagers in a box and say, well, they're just teenagers. They're going to act like teenagers, and they're going to do dumb stuff like teenagers. Yes, and so did we when we were teenagers. Uh, 
Okay, I don't have a witness right there. Uh, and, and so we put them in this box thinking that they, they cannot be powerful. But I'm sorry, but there were three young teenagers uh, that stood their ground up against King Nebuchadnezzar uh, and said, I don't care what you say. Uh, I'm not bowing to an image. Uh, those were teenagers. And don't let me forget Daniel. Daniel wasn't nothing but a young boy himself. And Daniel said, I'm going to pray three times a day like I have done every day. You can feed me to the lions. And these teenagers who stood their ground, God shut the mouth of the lion and stood in the fiery furnace. All right. So these young boys, the Bible refers to them as men, though. He refers to them as men. They chose kingdom over culture. So those of you that don't know the story, follow me to Daniel chapter number 3. Starting at verse number 13, the Bible says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I just like saying their name. Then they brought these men, the Bible says, before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, is it true? Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you be ready that at what time you hear the sound, listen to these instruments, of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbutt, don't ask me what instrument that was, but I am very curious to find out what in the world was a sackbutt. I want to see it and I want to hear it, but I'll preach that another time. They had a sackbutt, the psaltery, the dusamir, and all kinds of music. When you hear this, you are to fall down and worship the image which I have made and I've done it very well. But if you worship not, you're going to be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is this God? When I decide to make this choice, if you don't bow down and serve my image when you hear those sack butts playing. <laughs> let me get back spiritual. When you hear this music playing, if you don't get down and worship, I'm going to throw you in that fiery furnace. And who is this God that's going to save you from that type of heat? Oh, I feel God right here. Who's going to save you from this type of heat that you're going to be thrown into? Well, Scripture says in verse number 17, uh, uh, I'm sorry, verse number 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, these young boys answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful. Huh. Hallelujah. We are not careful to answer you in this matter. That means we have no second guessing. We have no second thoughts. Somebody needs to receive that. When you make a decision to live for God, don't have a second thought. I'm telling you, no matter where you are, God can change your life. God can turn you around. God can change your heart. God, if you think you're going in one direction, one moment with Jesus Christ can shift you in a different direction. They said, we're not careful to answer you, O king, not in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, he's able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But verse number 18 is critical. Because here's the mindset that these young boys had that everyone must have. Our God's able to deliver us. He says, but if not. Really talk about that. If he doesn't deliver us. The Bible says, be it known unto thee, O king, we're still not serving your gods. If he doesn't do it. We're still not going to serve your gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Why? Because they're not choosing the culture. I know the culture is bowing down, but we are counterculture. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not choosing to give in to what you want. We're going to stand for Jesus. And if we bow to anybody, it's only going to be to our God. Not choosing cultural agendas or cultural changes 
over the king and the kingdom. Can I say that one more time? We're not choosing cultural agendas or cultural changes over the king and the king. I'm telling you, this world is going to keep on changing. It's going to keep on making up new things to fit their agenda, but we must stick to the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so we must understand at some point in these young boys' life, they learned and had to commit themselves to the first commandment. The Bible says in the book of Mark, chapter number 12, starting at verse number 29, it says the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. So the scripture lets us know that they were thrown into the fire. They were thrown into the fire. Nebuchadnezzar was so angry, he was so fierce, he turned the furnace up, the Bible says, seven times hotter. It was so hot that the people that threw them in burned up immediately. That's how hot the furnace was. But I want you to know something here. There is a point. I want you to hear me now. Here's the point I want to get to. Don't lose your salvation. Don't quit the church. Don't quit coming to church. Don't stop serving God because when you prayed and stood your ground and had great faith, but you still ended up in the fire. Because, see, many of us, we stand our ground. We stand on God's word. We pray and believe, and we do all the things necessary that we feel deserves a response from our Savior. But God still says, but you're still going to have to go through the fire. And, see, many of us, when we're going through the fire, that's when we want to quit. But God says, see, I'm trying to perform a miracle in your life. I'm trying to do something greater that's never been done before, but you got to go through this fire in order for that greater to happen. See, some of you are wanting to stop right now, wanting to, everything to just come uh, to, to a halt right now, wanting your situation to change right now, but God is saying, uh-uh, there's a little bit more fire I need you to go through. Don't give up on God. Don't stop coming to church. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. I hope I'm helping somebody right there. Don't stop believing just because you're going through the fire. Because when they were thrown into the fire, the Bible says, continuing in Daniel chapter number 3, verse number 23, the scripture says, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. But the story's not over. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three bound into the midst of the fire? They said, yeah, king, that's true. We, we did do that. Well, he answered in verse number 25 and said, Lo, why do I see four men then? And those three people that were bound, now they're loosed. The Bible says that they are walking in the midst of the fire. Now, I can only use my imagination. I have no idea what they were saying while they were in the midst of this fire. But the Bible says that they were walking around. And I can just imagine them. Whoa. Yeah. Can you punch me? Yeah, I felt that, so I'm not dreaming. But, well, hey, Lord. <laughs> we believed that you was come be with us but we didn't know you would show up like this we just knew once we stepped now, now I want you to understand this because as soon as their body hit the heat they should have died so at what point did the Lord show up at what point did they realize oh this is not a dream we're actually alive See, at, 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 at some point when you're going through your fire, you're going to have to realize that the Lord is with you. At some point when you're going through your tests and trials of life, you're going to have to realize the Lord has not left me, neither has he forsaken me, but he's right here with me. And I want you to take this note down that the Bible says that they were walking in the midst of the fire. Somebody here today needs to hear me right now. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. You may be going through the fire but keep on 
I feel God in this house. Keep on walking. Don't you stop walking just because you're in the fire. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the Lord will be with you in the fire. He was right there. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I've gone through some fiery tests in my life. And I've had a mind to give up. I've had a mind to lay down the microphone. I've had a mind to walk off this platform and say somebody else can do it. But something would whisper into my ear. Something would get in my heart and say, boy, you better keep on walking. You better keep on moving because I haven't left you. I'm staying right here by you. I don't care what's going on in your life. You just need to keep on walking. Just keep on believing. Keep on praying. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. The scripture says in verse 25, why do I see four men? Why are they walking in the midst of the fire? Listen, why do they have no hurt? The scripture here is not talking about hurt feelings, mm -hmm. hurt emotions. Mm -hmm. No hurt means there's nothing physical that we can see that has caused damage to them. Because when you keep on walking in the Lord, that's what the Lord will do. When you come out of the fire, the people around you will say, well, wait a minute. You don't look like what you've been through. Man, some of, some of y'all missed that right there. You, you, you don't look like what you've been through. No, because the Lord's been walking with me through the fire. Because you can go through certain things in your life, but you won't look like where God has brought you from. Okay. Watch this, though. Watch this. Because oftentimes we preach this. And, and everybody just shouts and, and church is over. But there's more to the story because, see, when God brings you out of the fire, when he has caused no hurt to come upon you and he's let you know that I'm right here with you. Because when you stand your ground for him, you better believe he will stand for you. It's because they had a mindset to say, I don't care what you're doing, King. I don't care how much you turn up the heat. We're not bowing to you. Our, they said, our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, I'm still not bowing to you. Because I'm going to choose the kingdom over the culture. And see, when you make a decision to choose King Jesus over the kingdoms of this world, this is what's going to happen to you. Go to verse number uh, uh, 28. The Bible says, Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God. <laughs> Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have sent his angel and delivered his service and trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. And verse number 30 says, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> they got a promotion. They were promoted by a king that wanted to destroy them. They were promoted amongst a people that were trying to sabotage them that plotted against them. Because when you stay with the Lord, God will promote you right in the midst of people that don't even like you. Mm -hmm. He will elevate you beyond your haters. Beyond those people that, I, I don't care if they're family or friends, God will elevate you right in the midst of people that didn't think you deserved it. Oh, I wish I had the time to testify. I'm telling if you just stick with King Jesus, if you just choose kingdom over culture. See, the culture says do whatever you need to do to get promoted. Do whatever you need to do to advance. Cheat on this. Lie on this. Do this. But if you just stick with the king. 
if you just choose kingdom over culture, I'm telling you, God will take you places that you never thought you would be. Why? Because his word says that he will exceed the abundance of everything that we ask or even think. That's what King Jesus is able to do. Uh, uh, can I give you a little bit more? Okay. Let's listen to this. Kingdom over culture. Everyone say that. Kingdom over culture. The Bible, going back to the book of Acts chapter number 8, the Bible speaks of one named Philip because Philip was one of the seven chosen with Stephen. The Bible says in verse number 5, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake. The Bible says, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voices, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame, the Bible says, they were healed. Because when you preach King Jesus and the kingdom, the Bible says in verse number 8, and there was great joy in that city. I'm telling you, this city is looking for joy. They are needing joy. Matter of fact, some of us need joy. And joy comes through Jesus Christ. Because when you preach Jesus and the kingdom of God, there will be great joy. Why? Because great miracles will take place when you preach Jesus. Now, when you talk about the culture all the time, that's why I'm not a preacher that gets up here and talks about politics and talks about all the other things that our culture is dealing with. No, we just need to get back to Bible. I'm not going to get up here and promote Democrat or Republican or this or that or are you on the left side, right? No, I just need to promote King Jesus because it's all about Jesus. The Bible says great joy took place. Why? Because great miracles were taking place. You can write that down. God results bring great joy. God results bring great joy. But the scripture says, we're going to continue in verse number nine. It says there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. Verse number 11 says, and to him they had regard, because that of long time he had bewitched, or in other words, he amazed them with sorceries. See, that's why we don't go to palm readers. That's why we don't go to tarot card readers. That's why we don't call psychic hotlines. That's, that's why we don't play board games that deal with witchcraft. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't use, what's that stuff called, Sister Robson, sage? Yeah, 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 okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, let, let me preach. That's why we don't use sage. No, uh-uh, that's just a work of witchcraft. That, that's, that's all that is. Uh, no, we don't trust in those sorceries. We don't trust in those things. We just have to get back to the Bible and trust in the Lord. I'm telling you, when you trust in King Jesus, uh, you don't have to worry about anybody else or call upon anybody else, but you can just call upon the name of the Lord. I wish I had one witness in here that's ever been in trouble, that's ever had hurt or pain in your body, that's ever needed an answer. Did you call on the name that's above every name? And that name came through every time. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Let's magnify the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. Be seated. I, I want to give you one more example, okay? Because th that's why we don't do those things. We, we, we don't promote those things, all right? We promote kingdom over culture. King Jesus over the kingdoms of this world, okay? We don't try to communicate with the dead. No. Uh -uh. We speak to the Lord. We call upon him in the time of trouble. He's our help in the time of trouble. All right? We don't try to communicate. We don't go to someone that communicates with the dead. No. That's a form of witchcraft. That's sorcery. That's what Simon was doing to trick people and amaze people. Look what I can do. That's sorcery. That's, that's a trick. That's all that is. But we go to the, I'm trying to help somebody here today. We choose kingdom over culture. All right? Now, here's my last point. Let's consider the story of Elijah. 
Remember Elijah challenged all the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel? Let's see whose God is going to be God. Remember, he challenged all of them and all the prophets of Baal. Remember, they had an altar. The Bible says that uh, Elijah said, well, okay, there's so many of y'all. Let's go ahead and build an altar. You guys go first. Uh, I'm going to mess with some of you right here. Listen to me now. The scripture says that they had an altar because, remember, we must be a kingdom church. Just because there are many places in the city that have their doors open on Sunday, that does not mean they're a kingdom church. My prayer is that every place and every church becomes a kingdom church. We need kingdom churches. We need people that focus on the kingdom of God and King Jesus and no other agenda. And I wish I could talk to this church in here. I hope you're with no other agenda. It's all about Jesus and what he can do. I'm telling you, whatever you're dealing with and going through, God can do it. He can change it. He can fix it. He can rearrange it if you believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, so here's Elijah, and he's challenging all these prophets, saying, hey, we're going to see whose God is God. And the God that answers by fire, that's going to be God. Now, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. And so he, he, they build an altar. And see, if you don't know any better, if you don't understand kingdom over culture, if you showed up while they was having church, while they were jumping on the altar, while they was praise dancing, while they were singing, the Bible says they was cutting themselves, they was making all this noise, they were doing all these things trying to call upon their gods to answer by fire. See, if you don't know any better, you can walk into a church and think, wow, this is a kingdom church. Oh, man, I'm I'm going to talk to you. Uh-huh. Because you hear the noise, right? You hear the noise. You hear all the things. You see the dancing. You see the moving. Whoa, the spirit must be moving in here. This must be a kingdom church. They look like they're worshiping God. I wish I had the time to talk about this. This looks like a kingdom church. I, I, I visited a church once with some friends. I was teaching a Bible study to them. It was a husband and wife, and they, I think they had two children. I was teaching them a Bible study. They lived all the way up in the, the Elkhart area, and I was driving all the way up there just to teach a Bible study to these folks because I, I really wanted, they had a hunger for God. And so I was teaching them a Bible study, and I was doing whatever I could to try to help out this family. And so they called me and said, Pastor, we think we found an apostolic church. We think we found a church that you've been talking about that is a kingdom-minded church. I said, really? I said, that's great. When you going to church? They said, we're going to church this Sunday. So I called up my pastor. I said, hey, pastor, is it okay if I go with them to church this coming up Sunday? They said they think they found a church. I want to go check it out. He allowed me to go. I went up there. I met them at the church. And, man, they're just going. They're just, and everybody's worshiping and moving. And, and the music is going. And everybody's kind of doing their own little praise and worship and, and doing their thing. I'm clapping my hands and, you know, just lifting my hands, worshiping God. And, and then all of a sudden, the preacher got up. He said, whoa, man, whoa. All right, let's take a break. I looked around. I said, a break? What, what it, and that's what they did. They took a break. Everybody went, grabbed some water. They went and got fans. They went and talked to each other. They just took a break. I said, well. And the pastor said, man, whew, that was fun. I said, uh-oh. I said, I said, do I tell them now or do I wait after church? <laughs> do I grab them now and just run or do I just, you know, just stay here and just wait and endure? Because, no, when you're a kingdom church, if the spirit of God is moving, that's when you tap in even the more. I hope I'm talking to kingdom people because when the spirit of God is present, the Bible says there is liberty and we want a manifestation of God's power because if we don't have God in this place, we might as well just go home and just go watch TV, go clean our cars, go clean our house, go do something else productive in life. But when I come to the house of the Lord, I want to feel the presence of an almighty God and where the spirit of God is, anything can happen and so I politely told them no 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 this 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 isn't it okay Uh, I'll help you try to find somewhere to go because I'm sorry but when we're worshiping God we just don't take a break 
No, no, no. That's when we fall on our face and our knees and say, Lord, change my heart. Lord, if your spirit is here, Lord, move upon me. I want to become a better person. See, this is when you know the kingdom is over the culture. The kingdom always answers by fire because all those prophets did everything they could and there was no fire. But the Bible says that Elijah rebuilt the altar, prayed a simple prayer that probably didn't take no more than one minute. And the Bible says that the fire fell from heaven and it licked up the sacrifice sacrifice licked up all the water even the dust because the kingdom and the king will answer by fire so scc it's 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 time it's that time it's 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 important for us uh to be a church that is not dictated by the culture the culture cannot dictate our next move but our next move must be led and dictated by the spirit Amen. Because many of your uh, kids and grandkids are getting ready to go back to school, the culture. But it's important for you all in this church, me being the pastor, to teach kingdom principles. I'm telling you, this is what the Spirit is saying to the church right now. This is what the Spirit is saying to the church. We must be a church that is spirit-led. That's it. Because we need spirit-filled people that choose kingdom over culture. And when you get culture questions asked in your home, you don't say, well, I think. No, you just say, well, the word says. Because if we're a part of the body, well, he's the only head of this body. That's why I continue to say, it's not about my opinion. If I'm going to give you my opinion, I'm going to tell you, this is my opinion. That's it. This is my opinion. Other than that, I just got to go to what the word says because this word never changes. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and praise God. Somebody ought to preach that. Because we must be kingdom over culture. So it, 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 it does, because our culture has always changed. Always. And they're always going to have an agenda. But King Jesus will never change. His word will never change. It will always be the same. And you can always count on his word. The culture is still trying to get us not to touch one another, not to gather. They're still trying to push that agenda. Still. Why would they try so hard to push that agenda? It's not just man. There's a spirit behind that. I hope I'm not getting into deeper water right now. There's a spirit behind that. And now that affected the church majorly in ways that we didn't even think it, it could affect us. But I'm telling you, I had so many people come up to me and say, Pastor, I am not as strong as I thought I was. When that shutdown happened, it, it affected us. That hurt a lot of people. We were isolated for real. I found out, boy, I love my wife and kids. Praise God. I love them. We, was, we had to come up with games to play, running out of games to play. But it affected a lot of people. And you want to know why it's the spirit behind it? Because it's anti-Bible. I can prove that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25. Look what the scripture says. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, how? Together, as the manner some people are doing that. But the word says, remember, we don't answer by I think we should do or our opinion, but we are led by the Bible. The Bible says that we should be coming together. And he says, we are to exhort one another while we're together. So I need to go to somebody and say, you can make it. You can do it. You're going to be successful. God is able to do it. Don't stop. Don't give up. Lift up one another. Encourage one another. And we are to come together and we are to help one another. How much? Even more as you see the day. What day approaching? 
the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you believe that he's coming soon, won't you stand to your feet right now? Won't we just take a moment and lift our hands and lift our voice and just begin to call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Come on, together in this place. Come on, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I give you glory and honor and praise. I look to you, Lord. You're the author and the finisher of my faith. I thank you, Jesus. You've been so good to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, help us, Lord, right now. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why? Because I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ. Because that's the one that strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When we are a kingdom church, it doesn't matter where you sit. It doesn't matter where you park. It doesn't matter who you're sitting next to. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you smell like. Amen. Some of you husbands and wives saying, I care what you smell like. Not when you're kingdom. Because this isn't our house. It's King Jesus' house. It's his house. And guess what? When it's his house, he makes the rules. <laughs> That's right. When we are a kingdom church, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how much or how little you have in your account. It doesn't matter if you're coming from a divorce or you've been married for 60 years. Because King Jesus is able to answer and move upon every individual, every situation. But see, if we stop, hear me church, if we stop being kingdom minded, we'll become a bickering church. We'll be a murmuring church. We'll start complaining. That's why I love worshipers. Because when you worship, let me rephrase that. When you don't worship, you sit, analyze, and critique. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just what, that's what we do. Because that's our human. That's our flesh. But when you are a kingdom-minded church, I don't care what I look like. I don't care if this is a $1,000 suit or a $100 suit. It doesn't matter. Because I'm here to lift up King Jesus. It doesn't matter. And I don't care if you got on a suit or a t-shirt. If you got on Stacy Adams or flip-flops. It's about the kingdom of God. And we must be a kingdom church. I hope I'm talking to my church family. I hope you're hearing my heart. We must be a kingdom church where it's all about King Jesus. And when that is the focus, are, are you hearing me praising? Are, are you hearing me? When that is the focus, miracles will happen in your family. Prayers will be answered. Preacher, I'm going through the fire right now. Don't leave the fire. Stay in the fire. Just keep on walking while you're in the fire. Because the king, hallelujah, is right there in the midst of the fire. 